0: Mile high, mile deep, driving through the Mining City here uh, on your Sunday. Happy Sunday, everybody. Uh, we kind of made it through. What a week it was. Crazy uh, to think just how busy it was, but what a crescendo we saw in Bozeman, Montana. And as I wrote in my game story, Colter Nuana's SkylineSportsMT.com, I guess it wasn't even a game story. As I wrote in my feature about yesterday's festivities and uh just the moment in time it was for Montana State, I think it was one of the pivotal moments in the history of Montana State's athletic department because the Bobcats have been building and they are now winding down this year of 2022, which was objectively one of the great years in the history of their athletic department, not only a run to the FCS National Championship game in January, but NCAA tournament bids for both their men's and women's basketball teams, in March, you know, national ranking in men's cross country and then everything in between. But it came to a head with a 55 21 win over Montana yesterday. And coming into the rivalry game, there was a ton of pressure on the Cats. College game day, an undefeated Big Sky Conference record, a chance to seal their first conference championship in 10 years, plus. The ghost of Jeff Choate. They had not beaten the Grizzlies under Brent Vegan, And that was the one knock, the one missing piece to an otherwise sterling start for Montana State's head football coach. So I thought it was just a huge day. So we're sitting here driving uh, on I-90, going west back toward Missoula. And uh, my great friend Ryan Toutel joining me here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications helping you connect to more I mean that's as that's as point blank as I can say it, Gus. I thought it was uh, a watershed moment for the university for Montana State University athletics, and I thought it was uh, if it's not an eye opening moment for the University of Montana, it should be. What did you think of uh, just all that went into uh, a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Bozeman yesterday?
1: Yeah, I think just about everything you said is spot on, and uh, you know the. The I don't I think you you talk about this as a watershed moment. And when you look at this in the narrative of Montana State's sort of ascension as a university and particularly in relation to the University of Montana uh, inside the state, this sort of stamps that in a way that had never been done before. I think there's truth to that. You certainly have your finger on the pulse more than I have on that stuff. It also felt to me very much like a cul- uh, a culmination. I mean, this obviously retrospectively, but th- this there's a sense of inevitability about what happened yesterday at Bobcat Stadium, and and the completion of the. Um, Ascension, not just between Montana and Montana State, but in in the Big Sky Conference and, frankly, at a national level for the Bobcats as an athletic department, as a university, and obviously the football team being the number one uh, sort of most visible and most fan, uh, you know, having the biggest uh, a footprint if you will from of of all the sports even with all the outstanding achievements of you know men's and women's basketball cross country as you pointed out the rodeo team which got some love yesterday as well and that but it's certainly football is the way that that happened that uh, kind of goes and clearly montana state has had a better season than montana playing football but at the end of the day, you've got to play. And for Coach Vegan, you know, obviously to get his first win in this rivalry game, I think it's a big deal for him. And it's a big deal for Montana State fans who, you know, I think in a lot of ways, they still felt like they needed to see it from Coach Vegan. Like, can he actually do it? And uh, he didn't just do it. He did it at five stars across the board last night. I mean, Montana... Granted, they had lost, you know, they had that three-game skid in the middle of the season. They're all really close games. I mean, they're one-score games, overtime games against really good teams, particularly, obviously, the last two when you talk about, uh, you know, so- uh, Sacramento State and Weber State. They hadn't been blown out this season. And they got the absolute doors blown off yesterday. And, you know, when we did our Big Sky Breakdown podcast last week, I said, I thought, montana state would win this game but i expected this to be a close game 55 21 big as a big as big a beatdown as that is just numerically doesn't even begin to talk about what is 460 rushing yards 155 rushing yards in the first two drives averaging 12 yards a play in the first two drives i mean there were No answers, not once, at any point in the entire game did Montana come close to stopping Montana State on the ground, or any other way, for that matter, and, you know, once again, we're on the other side of a rivalry game where the team that walked in was the team that was going to, the team that won the game was the team that was going to win the game from the absolute start, I mean, Montana goes down, has that great answer and unbelievable excuse me, unbelievable touchdown to Malik Flowers to make it 7-7. But Montana State just goes right back and does it again and I think they play this game 10 times and it's not close 10 times in favor of Montana State because Montana has literally no ability to account and answer for what they saw on the ground period and that is you know that's coaching I think is where that falls almost entirely but also in both directions great coaching and great execution on the part of Montana State on the ground and terrible execution or ability to respond or adjust or do what's needed on the part of the Montana Grizzlies, and we've seen this before, and I mean, Marty Morningway on the telecast, which we rewatched today, said after the very first drive came, well, it's time to adjust for the University of Montana, because this is a problem, and guess what? They either didn't or couldn't. I mean they tried, but there there was no answer and there still isn't one for the Grizzlies with the Montana State ground game and that then you get one, you know, one bad play where you have a high punt turns into a touchdown, should have been a safety, ends up being a touchdown and that was the end of the game right then and there.
0: I mean some striking statistics from this. First and foremost, the Bobcats didn't punt. I mean that's that's amazing considering at least the uh, the projected prowess uh, of the Grizz defense. I mean, Montana came into this game leading the league in rush defense by a full 30-yard-per-game average. Only team in the league allowing less than 100 yards per game. They were the only team in the league that had given up less than 1,000 yards per game, or uh, total, excuse me, on the ground. And the Cats came in averaging 317 yards per game on the ground, and they blew that number you know, completely out of the water. But when the Cats had an opening drive of six plays at 75 yards and they got multiple ball carriers involved. You're thinking, okay, opening of the rivalry game, it's a script. Yeah. You you know, you just ran your your six to seven plays that you knew exactly were going to work. Once they settle in, okay, you know, it's not going to be that easy, right? And then the Grizz answer with a great touchdown to Malik Flowers in the corner of the end zone, which, by the way, where the hell's that been all year? I mean, I think that's his first score. That's not a a kickoff return for a touchdown, which is amazing. But then on the second possession, the Cats just run it straight down the Grizz' throats again, but in a completely different – with a completely – with other variable ways of doing it. Okay, so now you got – now, now, the Cats have run 13 plays, all of them runs for 155 yards. And you're like, wow. Well, then you got the bad snap, and Jory Choate scores the touchdown. Now it's 21 7, and you're thinking, okay, the Grizz got to do something to stop the bleeding. But then the Cats put in their two quarterback system, and they start running like the quadruple option. And all of a sudden, Sean Chambers and Tommy Milott are lined up next to each other, and then Tommy Milott's lined up in the slot. And then all of a sudden, you got this backside trick play, wide receiver reverse touchdown. And at that moment, I was like, the Grizz are the Grizz are screwed They because every single thing that the Cats have in their run game, Wepitrar, has worked. And so now you can just put guys on skates because you can just go from one thing to the next. And if you just stay ahead of them, it's over. And I thought that was what the craziest part is that not only did the Cats out-tough the Grizz, not only did they just knock them on their asses. I mean, there was bodies flying everywhere. The, the Cats offensive line played an unbelievable game. Probably their best game in what has been an unbelievable season for Montana State's offensive line. But more than anything, the things that the Grizz have done well, not just this season, but since Bobby Houck returned, run to the football, tackle in space, gang tackle. None of those, I mean, there was no gang tackling to be had yesterday. It was hat on a hat, one-on-one tackles, and the Grizz guys were on skates. I mean, I know Patrick O'Connell's hurt, but they made him look pedestrian. I know Robbie Houck is a polarizing player. They made him look flat bad. I mean, they just straight ran it all over, and it wasn't just, you know, blowing them off the ball. It The Grizz defenders' heads were spinning. I mean, it wasn't, sometimes this game comes down to harnessing momentum and toughness, and calming down and settling in and all these, those intangible factors. The Cats did that better, but they also just completely X's and O's, out-schemed and out-executed Montana from start to finish. There was never a moment in the game in which the Grizz had an ounce of momentum. None. Zero.
1: Well, in this game, if Montana would have played a clean game from a turnover standpoint, from a mistake standpoint, from a penalty standpoint, I think they still lose by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, okay? But in addition to being, frankly, just overmatched in this game, they also didn't help themselves at all. I mean, they had multiple penalties on those first couple of drives. The first drive, they still scored a touchdown, even after they had a couple offsides called or false starts uh, called against them. And they continued to make those errors. You obviously have the high snap that ends up in a touchdown. And then you have, uh, you know, a fumble uh, when it's first and goal from the one and lose an opportunity to to score to get back into the game there and so in addition to being you know not being the better football team you go out there and also are the team that's making the most mistakes and is making the errors and looks like you're just not really ready for what it is that you've got on your hands at Montana State and we can analyze you know the ins and outs of what happened and, and we have here a little bit but I mean it's, this isn't a secret, man. Like, anybody, you, you don't need to have, you know, uh, uh, 25 years of coaching experience to be able to watch the football game and see exactly what was at issue. I'm not talking about the specifics of, oh, you know, they weren't able to set the edge, they weren't able to spill, whatever, whatever. I'm just talking about when you line it up and run them out there, one team got run straight over by the other, and that's the end. I mean, you don't need more analysis than that.
0: There's a lot of things that make Montana great The, I thought the two craziest things that were said in the postgame—not even crazy, two most revealing and obvious, but also just like so starkly blunt things that were said in the postgame press conference—was when Tommy Molot said the, the Grizz run a completely a completely unsound defense when it comes to gap soundness defensively, and and, and he made a comment. He said. And and that's not what Division I teams do, but they do play with passion and they run to the ball and yada, yada, yada. But he basically said, we knew we were going to expose them for being not gap sound. The other thing was Bobby Houck and Robbie Houck both said it. They both said, we knew that all Montana State could do was run. We knew they couldn't throw. We knew that that was the only thing we had to do, and we couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable that they basically were like, they beat us into submission and we had no answer. And I I guess I just don't know how the Grizz could not have an answer. Like, if you know the other team does nothing. I mean, they ran the ball 66 times in 76 plays. I didn't see an eight-man box for the Grizz. How? How do you not, like, put an extra guy on the field? Like, take your nickel off, put a linebacker on. Like, I don't understand how much. I mean, like, what's Gus, what's the definition of Insanity.
1: Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result.
0: I mean, the Grizz literally ran their base defense expecting a different result. And they didn't get – I mean, did they have a single play for a negative yard yesterday? I mean, not only did the Cats average eight yards a carry, they almost got eight yards on every carry. Like, they didn't even – a lot of times when you rush for 400 plus, it's because you have a couple 75 yarders in there. Right. Like I think the Cats' longest run was 33 yards, but I think their shortest run was like six <laughs>
1: No, it's it's absolutely true. I mean, they, they – uh, and again, I mean, I'll go back to Coach Morning Week. He knows more about this stuff than I did. But he, he said during the second drive, he said, Montana's going to have to go zero coverage because they just have to bring everybody into the box and – deal with the fact that they're just going to be manned up and and run a risk in coverage. And it's like, but, but why not when a team's going to run the ball 65 times out of 74 plays or whatever it turned out to be? I mean, they ran the ball on their first 33 consecutive plays or something like that. 33 out of 34, maybe. And... They couldn't be stopped. And, again, I, I saw some eight-man box. I mean, I mean, Montana did bring some guys in there. But, but ultimately, like, it just didn't – it didn't feel like they ever committed to, like, okay, this has to stop right here and right now. We have to. It was we're going to keep doing the scheme that we run and just kind of do the, the run heavier version of it. And that was just never going to get it done. But I'm glad you transitioned to the post-game press conference because I thought to me – the most surprising thing in all of this for me. I'm a big feel guy, you know, Coulter. I'm I'm into my emotions and all of that kind of stuff. So I I love sort of kind of assessing and experiencing the spirit and the feel of everything that has to do with this weekend, with this game and, and all of it. And there was a ton. But you saw the avalanche start from from the word go and as I said about you know 10, 12 minutes into the first quarter, this game was over. After the game though, what was sh- I don't know if it was shocking to me, but it, well it is. It was really surprising to me. Bobby Hauk and Robbie sitting up there. I mean Bobby said which is the absolute truth. They're better. They were better than us today. And Obviously, when you lose 55-21, that's kind of an obvious statement, but Bobby Houck doesn't say that very often. Bobby Houck will get up there and usually have, like, uh, a level of defiance about him, uh, a certain level of consternation and anger, and he – I would stop short of saying he was contrite, but he definitely um, felt like he <laughs> – like, he had no answers, and he knew that 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 his football team just got – beat every way you can get beat got beat completely soundly in the biggest game of their year and you can't just go up there and pretend like what happened didn't happen you know what i mean like even when they got steamrolled 2 years ago and he said well good day for them bad day for us and you know yada 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 i guess we need to start caring about this game as much as they do or you know th- those sorts of comments none of that was there for bobby how yesterday it was just we got beat and we got beat and they were better than we were so that was the first thing, but the other thing that I thought was was really remarkable. And the more I kind of process this, the more I I think it stamps what you were talking about right off the the get about the place that Montana State now occupies as a as a entity, as a department, as a university. Brent Vegan, he wasn't pop, popping champagne bottles. He wasn't out there talking about. You know, oh man, this is the biggest win We had to have it, we knew we had to have it And we went and got it done, yeah, yeah, yeah He said, you know, it's a big win We're excited about this win But We felt good like we could get this done And we got it done That's it, Tommy Molot. the sentiment was exactly the same This isn't, a, he, what do you say, this wasn't a revenge game right. This is not a revenge game This is a game that we play And we thought the, best, the team that came out and played the best was going to win And today, that was us So we're excited about it never ever have I seen Montana State beat the University of Montana and have it not be just a straight party and no don't get me wrong it was a party like it was a big party in Bozeman no doubt but when you talk about the team it was they've moved past the shock of winning this game and I and and I think a lot of that is about Brent vegan I mean vegan I think if he won a national championship, He would still be really subdued because that's just kind of how he is. You know, that's the personality. And I think this team has grown under Coach Vegan over these last two seasons because they needed, I think, initially somebody like Jeff Choate to just be the fire lighting, adamant, passionate type of guy to get the emotions where they needed to be. And then you transition into somebody who is strong and steady. And couldn't have worked out better for Montana State than it's worked out and now you sit there and you listen to the team talk you listen to the coach talk and they I mean we always talk about the Grizzlies and expectations they expect that this is the standard and this is what we're going to do well one team just based on what they did on the field and then the way they talked about it afterwards expected to win the game expected to be where they were that was Montana State and they did exactly that and they took it in as much
0: Big Sky Breakdown, Skyline Sports, MT.com. We're going to come back to the Grizz part of this thing, particularly this uh, constant prof- professing of championship mentality and championship tradition because that continues to become further and further in the rear view, and it continues to lose its authenticity. I mean, it's a sixth-place team in the Big Sky Conference. You don't have any championship culture. You just lost to every good team you played. <laughs> so we're going to come back to that in just a minute. But – on the, uh, the Bobcat side of things, Jeff Choate fully understood that the Cat Grizz game is Montana's Super Bowl, but he also had his team treat it as if it was their Super Bowl. That's why they won four years in a row. But I also think that they had missteps along the way because I think that they would put such so much effort and energy and mind space into always thinking about beating the Grizz. And I think that that maybe caused them to stub their toe before the games, like in the games leading up to, or you know, maybe come out flat afterward as well. And so the the next step, you're right, was finding somebody that had a steady hand, that could have a, a more broad perspective, and also fully understand the potential that Montana State could achieve. And now that they're achieving that as one of the top teams in the United States at the FCS level, the other thing is, though, the Grizz had a built-in excuse when Jeff Choate was the head coach of the Cats because Jeff Choate is just so much more Montana and so much more, has so much more bravado and toughness than Bob Stitt. That was just going to be a slam dunk matchup forever. Well, and then when Bobby comes back, he says, well, the only, the only thing this guy does is beat the Grizz. So they could always lean on that. The Grizz always could, uh, you know, as an excuse. But then, from 2019, the last time this game was played in Bozeman, till yesterday, you thought maybe the tide was turning. Bobby Helke had put a higher priority on recruiting Montana kids and they had won the rivalry game, and now you're thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe the old guard returns at Montana and and it it just gets balanced out and or just goes in the favor of the Grizzlies again, like it had been such a huge trend during the modern history of the rivalry. But instead, now that's why it's such a huge deal for for not only the Montana State Athletic Department to have all the pressure, to have college game day, to have a national spotlight, but also it's such a huge deal for Brent Vegan because the biggest knock on Vegan when he first got to Montana State was he wasn't Jeff Choate. And then when he went and got his ass kicked by the Grizzlies in Missoula, those same naysayers had, had ammo. Well, now he completely erases that ammo, and he proved to their entire fan base – that you can physically destroy the Grizzlies and beat them by five touchdowns without making it the biggest deal in the world, just like you just said.
1: Absolutely. And I I do think that this this win goes so far for fans of Montana State to cementing the reality that this is – brent vegan's team and his program and now that that transition quote unquote transition is complete you know and whether that is reasonable or not is not what i'm i I, i'm not making any comment on that i'm just saying i just think that until this game happened and happened in the way it is people would still have that whole thing in the back of their minds well is it is it you know Is he the guy? Is he really going to be the guy to do it? And the answer is unequivocally, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And now I think Montana State fans start to go, Coach Choate, thank you very much for your hard work and for bringing us, you know, to a point where we, you know, we were building something and built something great and now they're all in and it's just vegan fandom all the time because they now believe in him it's not just him with Choate's team or whatever which it hasn't been for a while but it's him and his team and this is what we're doing and I just thought you saw especially again in the temperament of the way the winning was done and in the post game and all of that you saw um you saw the, the the completed ownership transition of uh, when I say ownership, I'm just talking about the, the uh, owning whose team this is and how it's going to be run as Brent Vegan's team. <music>
0: I mean, Montana State lost the most talented senior class in the history of their football program. They were one of only 19 schools in the entire United States of America that had two guys drafted last year. I mean, they, they lost the greatest player in the history of Bobcat football in Troy Anderson, and they're better this year. They went they went undefeated in the league. People can say their schedule, whatever. And then you look and you're like, okay, they still have some glue guys that are choke carryovers like Ty Okada, R.J. Fitzgerald, but – the meat of their team, the bulk of their roster, the majority of their best players are sophomores. So the entire, like everything, is still out in front of this team. I mean, imagine what they could become in a couple of years. Like, Time lot, sophomore; Brody Gruby, sophomore; Sebastian Valdez, sophomore. Their entire offensive line, freshmen and sophomores. Like, this is only the beginning if they can continue to carry this momentum.
1: Well, the funny thing is the absolute number one year in year out game in game out knock on Jeff Choate as the head coach of Montana State is are you ever going to be able to find a quarterback and have a quarterback who can play the position and the answer was pretty much no like it never really happened you know what I mean I mean they throw Troy Anderson back there they got production I mean they obviously were going to be always just a straight run football team but like you got to do something to have Tommy Mallott in there and by the way Let's not forget now, Tommy Malott committed, I understand, well, Jeff Choate was the coach, but he's a freshman last season and a backup role and vegan in the playoffs or just before goes making a switch. We're going with the kid. We're going with the young kid out of Montana, out of Butte, and we're gonna we're going to do it. He saw what he needed to see out of him and understood that he had both the skill set and the temperament and sort of the locker room thing. So all of a sudden, there's a lot of areas where the talent that they lost, particularly you know off of last year's team, you're never going to really replace that. But they're getting something they never had before, which is steadiness and evenness, particularly at the position of quarterback, and especially in this offense. This isn't this isn't a running a run team where the quarterback's handing it off. I mean, their number one rusher is Tommy Malat. And he went for 150 yesterday and two touchdowns on the ground. And then guess what? When you're running it like that, you pretty much can throw whatever. And he completed six balls, and that was for over 100 yards. It's not – it's – it's – secondary but it's super effective when you pepper it in there and then you've got a guy who can actually deliver the ball you know it's not him dropping back and going through progression reads and all that but your situation is so ripe to take advantage of the defense when you're running the ball eight nine eight nine yards a tote and now you can't throw the ball and Tommy Molot can do all of that and also just has again that calm tough Demeanor to be a kid who can be a leader on a football team, even as a sophomore, even as a freshman last year, you know, and and that is something that 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 Coach Chote never really had or was not able to get and and sort of create and maintain in that very important position, and Coach Vegan has.
0: Big Sky breakdown, Skyline sportsmt.com Ryan Tuttle. Riding along with us as we ride down I-90. Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Also got to say thanks to Town Pump for keeping us fueled up. Not only do we get some gas to get us back home to Missoula, but also picked up some snacks, got some Chex Mix, some gummy bears. Town Pump, great spot. There's a Town Pump near you no matter where you're at in Montana. Town Pump, Montana's best
2: Down
1: right down the
0: road! Oh, yeah. uh, Last thing, Ryan. Ryan will join us on the Montana football hour on Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. We'll be doing that on Monday, uh, that's November 21st, from 4 to 5 p.m. You can catch that uh, on ESPN Radio or SWX or the ESPN MT app. So stay tuned for that. So we will uh, we'll finish up here. First of all, just on the uh, the news side of this thing, Montana State shared the Big Sky title with Sacramento State. The playoff bracket was announced today. The uh, Hornets get the two seed after going undefeated. Montana State gets the four seed uh, after going undefeated in league play and 10-1 and overall. And uh, the Big Sky gets a total of five teams in. Some people pretty surprised a lot of scrutiny that the Grizz were able to get in but they did so your seeds are South Dakota State's the one Sac State the two North Dakota State the three Montana State the four William and Mary the five Samford is the six Incarnate Word is the seven and Holy Cross is the eight Big Sky Conference members Weber State Montana and Idaho I'll get in the bracket as well Weber will host North Dakota The winner of that game will play at Montana State in the second round. The Grizzlies will host Southeastern Missouri, Southeast Missouri, excuse me, SEMO is what they call them, and the winner of that will go to third-seeded North Dakota State, and Idaho also in, but they have to go on the road. They'll play at Southeastern Louisiana, a team that Grizz fans might remember as the team that the Grizz hung 73 on in the second round of the playoffs in 2019 so Idaho goes to Sela and the winner of that game will play at 6th seeded Sanford. Uh, Last thing here, Gus, we'll we'll end up with the Grizzlies. I I think that it's, uh, it's time to look in the mirror if you're Montana. Yesterday, it wasn't just that the Bobcats blew them off the ball from start to finish. It wasn't just that they rushed for 450 yards. It wasn't just that they scored 55 points and never punted. It was also just the magnitude of the moment of Bozeman getting college game day and college game day going to... to to watch Montana State do that to its rival. And also, the fact is, now, across the board, it's pretty undeniable that Montana State is beating Montana at everything. Every single thing that universities can compete in, Montana State is beating Montana at that. If you're going to sit here and talk about the pride and tradition of the Montana Grizzlies won't be entrusted to the timid and the weak, you can't be timid and weak. Courage, bravery... It takes self-awareness. You have to be able to recognize what's wrong within yourself internally. The Grizz talk about all of the tradition of the past. That past keeps getting farther away. The Grizz haven't officially won a Big Sky title since 2009. I mean, the the, 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 the Cats have beat the Grizz seven out of the last 11 times now, like, in football. The basketball teams from Montana they're going to the NCAA tournament. Montana, they're not. They're Everything at Montana is not what it once was, and it's, it's mediocre at best. And so for them to talk about – I mean, they all tout the same narrative. Everybody plays their best game when they play the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are everybody's rival. We get everybody's best shot. Well, it's not because you're the best team in the league anymore. Now it's because teams are reveling in beating you, and they're loving beating you, and – I just think it's time for Montana. If I'm Montana, I stop living in the past. I start living in the present because the past is completely irrelevant. And the, the farther this thing moves forward, the more irrelevant that past becomes.
1: I just think you're so spot on with with everything that you said right there. I mean, I'm going to restrict my comments just to kind of football for right now as opposed to, you know, all, all sports uh, in general but you said early on in, in, our, in our conversation in this podcast, a game like that, a spanking like that, and, and the arc of both of these programs should cause the University of Montana tremendous self-reflection. The question is, will it? And I'm not sure that it will. Like, I, I don't know... At what point you go... I mean, Montana has just assumed it's just better than everybody else all the time. And even even when Montana has lost to Montana State, it's like, well, oh, that's a fluke. We know we're better. They know we're better kind of deal. And you know what? I think a lot of times that felt pretty true in, in some certain ways. It doesn't anymore. Montana State's better. but Montana State didn't win because they got so much momentum rolling and whatever and, and and you know, kind of that snowball started rolling downhill, although that is all true. That all did happen. Montana State won because they're the better football team by a mile right now. And Montana didn't just lose to Montana State. Montana lost, as you said, to every good team they played. Four and four in the Big Sky Conference. This is a team that regressed over the course of the season. And even though they're in the postseason, I think that is questionable. Montana's always going to get the benefit of the doubt because of the fan base, the facilities, and all that. And good for them that they get to be there. Who's got expectations for the Montana Grizzlies in the playoffs? Uh, I certainly don't. You know, can they beat SEMO because they're getting a home game on a night, you know, you know, uh, national broadcast on ESPN? Maybe. Maybe. I think the end of the road is very, very close for this football team. And and I think that very clearly this is a, a season in which Bobby Houck and that coaching staff has been exposed. And they did, I think, a very good job in their first couple of years of the reclamation project to try and take it back from what it was under Bob Stitt, just in terms of the style and the attitude and all of that stuff. And they did a good job of doing that. But R T D has certainly not come to fruition now. And even last year when they were when they were at their best and beat Montana State, they they were sort of they got to the point of being in the national conversation of being nationally prominent again. And, you know, they didn't they didn't go on the full run they wanted to in the postseason, and that's okay that happens. But now a step has been taken way back, not forward, not even maintaining where they were last year and for the first time in his career i think people are looking at bobby how at montana going "Well, well what do we got here who who are you really what is the program that you're putting together and why is the team fading as the year progresses instead of peaking as the year progresses and i think you could argue that happened last year as well even though they won this game a season ago this team started i mean they beat washington in Washington to start the season last year. 20th ranked team in the nation.
0: Never been better than that.
1: And that's the best, that's exactly right. That's the best they've ever been was that right there. And look, that's an historic win at a national level. So no, like, that's phenomenal. But it wasn't built upon. That became the high point. And even though, again, last year's team was an excellent football team, this year's team has the personnel that it should be and it's not and it isn't and that goes straight to the coaching staff right at their feet for the whole year.
0: Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, JV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. But if you can't make it in, J&V also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JV, your restaurant specialist. We'll see what happens. Uh, the fact that they made the playoffs means that they can they can put a band-aid on this thing and kick it down the road for a little while. I mean, they got a night game with a team coming to Missoula that they'll probably beat and then they're going to go to Fargo and play North Dakota State and probably lose and if that happens, then they have you know an embedded excuse because everybody loses at, in, in Fargo. I mean, the Bison have won all but one playoff game they've played in Fargo over the last 11 years. So, I mean, maybe Montana goes in and shocks the world, but I would be dumbfounded if that happened. Uh, So we'll see. But still football on the horizon. We could talk about this game for hours, and we'll talk about it for another hour on Monday on the Montana Football Hour from 4 to 5 on Nuana's Now, my uh, daily radio show on ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks to our great sponsors, including JNV Restaurant Supply, JV Restaurant Supply, your home-for-everything kitchen. Tailgating season rolls on all over the state of Montana with the playoffs uh, on the horizon. Need some stuff for your upcoming tailgate? Visit jvrestaurant.com. For Ryan Tutel, this has been an impromptu Big Sky breakdown as we drive west on I-90. We'll see you tomorrow on the uh, Montana Football Hour on Nuanas now. Thanks so much for listening. SkylinesportsMT.com.